Hey everyone, welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I reunite with high school classmates from my graduating class of Wissahickon High School in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. Thanks to Jenny Fitz, aka Jenny Martin, for episode 231, available in the archives everywhere you get your podcasts. Also available at youtube.com slash redshirtplaya if you want to see the video and see Jenny today. Thanks everyone for coming back. I took a little bit of a small summer vacation. I've been doing some road trips and just trying to enjoy the little bit of freedom that we were getting uh, during the summer here uh, in the Philadelphia area and beyond. And during that entire time, I didn't take any breaks for the show. So sometimes I would be taking care of the last minute details of the show from a hotel in, say, Virginia uh, at six o'clock in the morning. So I just felt like I needed a little bit of a break to take myself off the cycle, which uh, I realized when I look back, I had not yet done since starting the show. And here we are, a full two years of doing this podcast every other Monday on a Monday morning. So thank you to everyone for, one, continuing to listen through these two years, but also coming back for the start of year three. Um, we're still in the 200 level, though. When will we change to the 300 level? That's for the podcast gods to decide. I don't make those things up. Follow the podcast on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, at We Weren't Friends in High School. This week, my guest is Bianca Mercer. Bianca and I have been trying to work this out for... Oh, a month or two. And eventually Bianca was able to get some time on her schedule. And one of the fun things for me is when I feel like I might be chasing somebody down trying to get an interview and I know real life is getting in the way, but when I am finally able to connect with them and they tell me they've actually been really looking forward to doing this. I didn't know Bianca personally. Uh, I'd seen her around since middle school, but Bianca lived across the street from one of my best friends, Alyssa Maley. So that's about all I really knew about Bianca. I knew where she lived. I knew where her house was. And I knew who lived across the street and next door to her. Uh, last time I saw Bianca in person, as I'll mention in the podcast, it was at the wedding of our classmates, Josh and Alyssa. But then I saw Bianca on television. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in this podcast. All right. So let's get into it. Here is my conversation with Bianca Mercer. So where are you now? Down in, in uh, Atlanta? I'm still in Atlanta. Yep. Wow. I'm not going to be here for a while. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, most people and yourself, I haven't like talked to you in so many years. I think the last time I saw you, like saw you in person was Josh, <laughs> Josh and Alyssa's wedding. Yes. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That was, I was still living back in Connecticut then. So that was 2007, eight, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was 08. It was definitely because I was living in Connecticut then too. You were? When were you in Connecticut? Or where yeah. in Connecticut? I was in, uh, or it might have been before, actually, it might have been after that, because I was in Connecticut in 08 and 09. I was in Stanford. Okay. I left in 09. Okay. So I was in, I went back to Hartford. I left in 09 and moved to Atlanta. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that's funny. I do remember, did you grow up in Connecticut originally? Yes. Yeah, so I'm originally from Hartford. And then we moved to Lower Gwinnett. Um, when I was 12. So that's how I went to Wissahickon through the end. Of, and then I picked Penn State because I thought my parents would be there. They moved back to Connecticut a week after I graduated high school. I was like, what the, what kind of crap is this? <laughs> so I was wow. stuck. <laughs> that's really a thing. You know, Zach Rowe talked about his parents left and went to Texas the day after high school graduation. And he was like, where are you guys going? And same thing for you. That's interesting. 
it's kind of child abuse when you think about it, but I'm over it. It's fine. <laughs> it's so, fine. We're good now. So then what was what was Hartford like uh, compared to to Wizahickon? <laughs> um, it's interesting you ask that because, and I can be honest on this, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually had never really been around anybody except Jamaicans and a few, his, well, I'll say West Indians and Hispanic people until I moved to Pennsylvania. Because my family being Jamaican, it was a large community of Black families, mostly Jamaicans, Hispanic families, mostly Puerto Ricans in Hartford, Bloomfield, Windsor kind of areas. So it wasn't until we moved to Lower Gwinnett where I was like, oh, this is a different experience (laughs) than I've ever had in my entire life. So it was a good thing, though, because I needed some diversity in my life. And I think that's what my parents were definitely going for. But it was it was crazy because I didn't think about it probably until maybe 10 years ago that that was my first real introduction to people outside of my little, you know, Jamaican community, pretty much. <laughs> that's interesting. What about what, what was the makeup of the schools? I guess, you know, elementary school at that point, maybe a little middle school when you're up there. What's the makeup of the schools up there? Um, it was it was mostly. um West Indians and Hispanic families, uh, where I, mostly West Indian, really, where, where I grew up. Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, it's usually mm-hmm. when I when I talk to um, when I talk to some students doing this, usually with white students, mm-hmm. one of the one of the things that comes up is the lack of diversity for them in their friend group. Like, oh, it's you know, mm-hmm. you know, girls say I I hung out with girls that looked exactly like me, and like outside of sports, exactly. but here and. And the other funny thing is that I often talk about it with a Hicken seeing like mm-hmm. the group of the different groups. Right. And you see the group of black kids. But I never even thought about different divisions of black kids hanging out. Exactly. And so you're yeah. not even seeing like just just like plain old black African-American. You're all Jamaican and yeah. island. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That was what I it was. So I came across somebody in Hartford or the Bloomfield. So I was born in Hartford. We moved to Bloomfield, which is you know, like Ambler Lower Gwinnett type situation. Um, and whenever we'd come across, I remember a very few friends of mine that whose family were true, as they call them, true Yankees. They're actually from the States, you know, generations down the line. Like I was, my older brother and I, Brent and I were the first generation born here in our family. So it was very different for us. <laughs> wow. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, On my mom's side. So then what, what uh, brings you guys to the Philadelphia area? It's Lower Gwinnett. So my dad was the CIO at, well, he was a, some somebody at Travelers. And then Prudential AARP out in Valley Forge um, approached him. And that's what brought us to, he ended up being the CIO at AARP, I believe. Um, and so we all kind of made the great migration <laughs> to Philly. Okay. And I went kicking and screaming. I did not want to go. <laughs> I was going to say, like, going from Hartford to, like, these uh, these nice little suburbs here, mm-hmm. is that, like, a that's a pretty big jump, right? It is. And, you know, Hartford is the city within Connecticut, but it's nothing like a Philly or an Atlanta. Okay. It's still, to me, there's not much to do. The running joke is, as an adult, you only go there if you're, like, wanting to work in insurance. Like, that's where dreams go to die, is what we all say. <laughs> Because there Funny. isn't really a social life. Nothing like that happens in Hartford. <laughs> Funny. We say the same thing about Stanford. <laughs> but you're not from Stanford, are you? No, no. I was I was born and raised, you know, down here in Ambler. Um, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, 08 and 09 just went up there for work. And that was just like a, it was a very big switch on, on many things, personality Mm -hmm. uh, being the biggest thing, but um, I guess I've, I've watched like those documentaries and like gangland episodes about like the bad shit that happens in Danbury and Hartford. And yes, yes. And it's definitely, um, it's a, it was a cultural shift. Absolutely. Um, but you know, my, my parents did a very good job of keeping me and my brothers away from any of that, just based on our environments and, you know, kind of where that, where we grew up. So it was a blessing for sure. Uh, one, uh, are you a middle child? I am. I have an older brother. So Brent's five years older than me. And then Blake is 10 years younger than me. So there's quite the gap. (laughs) All B's. All B's. Yep. There's a lot of B's in my family. (laughs) (laughs) So then you, so then you come in when you're, when you're 12 and you start in the middle school, uh, is that seventh, is that seventh grade? So they, they planned it where my older brother moved the beginning of our sixth grade year okay um but then I didn't move into the last marking period of our sixth grade year because my parents wanted me to have some friends and get to know some people which actually worked out well we moved to hunt club um right off what is that 309 I think is what it was called yeah um and I made really good friends in particular like um, we're friends this day um uh, Lorraine or Barbara um and so that it really worked out well for me that I at least had one friend going into seventh grade and then she of course left but um so it, it worked out. It made sense. But at the time, I just did not want to go because all I knew was my little bubble. So it was I was not happy. It was a long time before I became happy. That's interesting. You know, it's they wanted you to move here so you could kind of get your your foot in the door. But, you know, one yeah. of my big hang ups about middle school was how hard it was to keep my foot in the door because every year we're changing pods and you might make friends exactly. in one year and then you get to the next the next year and you've got a completely different group of kids. Exactly. I couldn't stand that. I, I absolutely couldn't stand that. It was very just very to me where I had come from. It was the who I was in school with in elementary school every single year. There were maybe two classes per grade, but you got you were the same people pretty much. So. I wasn't a fan of that. Did we have pods in high school? We didn't have pods in high school. Right? No, no. I didn't think so. Yeah, no. So then what kind of kid were you? What were you What were you doing for fun before you get to, before you come to PA? And then once you actually get here? So I was heavy into the sports, you know, going back to my Jamaican roots soccer since I was like five years old. I was actually the only girl on the, on the boys soccer team. That's how good I was in um, Hartford and Bloomfield. Um, so I did soccer, um, basketball, of course. I really thought I was good at basketball until I would watch like Jessica and Ann. <laughs> and I'd be like, I should have stuck with soccer. <laughs> like, this is not for me anymore. I thought I was phenomenal until I kind of went to high school and I was like, you know, you're not that good, Bianca. You're okay, but you're not like them. So I should have stuck with soccer. But I mean, every sport you could imagine I was in, even double Dutch, me and my girlfriends and cousins, we, we were on a double Dutch team in, in Bloomfield. That was a big thing for us too. Um, yeah, they didn't so have I mean, it was a hicken. No, definitely wasn't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still the double Dutch queen, I have to tell you. Oh. Um, <laughs> still have my rope, the t-shirts, everything. Okay. But um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a big TV watcher um, because I wasn't allowed to watch TV. All I do is watch TV now because I'm still rebelling against my parents. I guess Catch, but catching up. Exactly. I mean, as soon as I went to college, I just started watching TV and eating pork. That's all. I did. Ah, breaking free. <laughs> breaking free. Cause my, we were, my father, we didn't eat 
pork, red beef. We had like chicken franks and turkey bacon. Like that's what I grew up on. Really? So there, yeah, my dad was, I mean, I think he, he didn't eat pork until maybe two years ago. Yeah. He stopped eating pork in his twenties. And, and not, and no red meat either. Mm-mm. He still doesn't eat red meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like all I know really about like Jamaican food, you know, the biggest portion is like jerk food. And, and isn't that like yeah. a huge part of it besides, I know there's jerk chicken, but. So my father actually isn't Jamaican. He's from Naugatuck, Connecticut. Oh. Um, so he's more like the country. <laughs> um, but my mother's side, yes, absolutely. Oxtail, jerk chicken, all that is escovitch fish. It's just thinking about it right now. Yeah, it's definitely a totally <laughs> different dynamic than American, traditional American food. Uh, it's funny you say that you were, you know, you were so into soccer because I, I took a peek at the yearbook and I noticed that you played soccer 12th grade and then no other year. And what I do yeah. remember was basketball, of course, and I thought you were good. And, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, but I, I, then I remember, I think you, you might've come off the bench in high school, right? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. I was like, Bianca not start. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny that there was a division. Year. Yes. I started my 12th grade year. Um, but again, it was, I, I, well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that confidence. But um, until I would like, I, I really thought I was phenomenal in basketball and I don't know if I just got lazy in high school or it just didn't become as much of a priority for me. Mm. Um, but when I, I thought I was good until I would see Jessica handle the ball and, and shoot. And I was like, just take me out the game. We're done. Like, I'm not, I'm not even going to compete with this. It's just not going to work. So. <laughs> I'm ready to set fouls for you guys. <laughs> set, exactly. some, set some hard picks. Exactly. I was the anticipator and the rebounder. That's where I had to stay in my lane. <laughs> So you said that it was it was pretty tough and and it didn't get better for a few years. So does that mean like from the friend zone, just you're having a hard time connecting once you're once you're here in seventh grade full time? So I don't know. My whole family will tell you that I was the rebellious, the bad kid, air quotes, mind you, because I don't believe it. But I will say living in Bloom, Hartford and Bloomfield, I did get into quite a lot of altercations. Kids being kids, like I wasn't a bully by any means, but it was just a lot of just kids being kids type things. And then we moved to Lower Gwen and Ambler and I I kind of went into a shell. And I think it was because I didn't look like the majority of people anymore. So I didn't know what to do, what to say, how to act. It was, it was a really difficult, and I didn't talk to my parents about that probably until a few years ago, kind of explained to them how that made me feel. And I understood why they did that. I certainly did it, but it, it really was a difficult transition for me to not feel like the majority, if that makes sense. (laughs) And so to not feel as if I'm part of the the group and the majority, it it was hard to, so I rebelled in a different way where my grades started to slack because I I knew that, I knew that fighting wasn't going to be the answer anymore. Um, And I was, I was getting older, of course. And so my grades started to slack or then like my, I would get it. I had a very, even more rebellious attitude towards my parents and just different things would happen. So when once probably seventh, probably going into the end of eighth grade, I kind of started to get my footing. And then high school, I, I, I think that I, I got, I made a good amount of friends in middle school, but even in middle school, it, it's, it was a very petty atmosphere to me. <laughs> it was just very much still like we're, we're still all trying to learn who we are and be going to high school and be those big, big guys and gals. And eventually we got there. 
middle school was really tough for me. And that's when my parents got divorced in seventh grade. So um, oh, wow. going yeah. through like all of that, I think from seventh grade was a really tough year. I got in a lot of fights. Eighth grade, I started coming out of it a lot more, but I had fr actual friends in eighth yeah. grade pod for like the first time ever. And then mm -hmm. high school was definitely like the era where like, I felt like, like you said, you've got to find other ways mm -hmm. um, to deal with your stuff. But I, I felt like at that point, the stigma was already attached to me. Right. And I started, it was a Hicken from kindergarten. So like a bulk of these oh, people wow. I, I had known for the entire time, but I found it really hard, even though I had changed my, you know, my mindset and wasn't mm -hmm. quite as harsh as I had been. I found it hard to break away from that. Did you, did you get any kind of slack being the quote unquote bad kid while trying to figure this out in middle school? And then did you experience anything like that trying to break out of it or you changing and people kind of treating you differently? Yeah, I, I would definitely say I did. Um, I, I realized early on, and you know, one of the things that my dad would always say is that your character is really all people are going to remember. They're not going to remember anything else about you. It's going to be your character, who you are as a person, how you come across. It's not just first impression, it's every impression. And um, I, you know, it's funny, I, I think I was 21, the year my parents got divorced, when I was 21. And I called my dad and I was like, literally a light bulb went off. And I was like, I get it. I get what you meant. I understood why you did the many things, why you were so damn strict. I mean, like I said, we couldn't, we could watch two hours of TV and one hour had to be the news. <laughs> like wow. what? Is, and that was through middle school, mind you. Um, but I, I really did start to realize what they're doing. I never wanted to admit it, but what they're doing has a purpose. And so I started to, I, I, it got to the point where I, my dad had instilled in us, or both my parents had instilled in us that having your own is very important. So I started getting babysitting jobs. I got my first job at 15 at Gennardi's grocery store as a bagger because I did not want to ask them for lunch money anymore. I don't know if you remember, but I used to like wash the lunch tables to get free lunch. So I would get $20 from them and get free lunch because I was like, I'm moving out this house. They're too strict. I can't deal with this anymore. But it, it started to really dawn on me in high school why they were doing Allow, not allowing me to do things that my friends could do because that would be a separation for me. Like all oh, my friends could do things I couldn't do. So it's like, I'm not really part of the friend group anymore. So mm. I did see a shift, but it was, that's something that I was obviously okay with. Long term. Yeah. I didn't know that you watched. So you did the clean the lunch tables so that you could keep mm -hmm. your lunch money. Yep. If you clean the lunch tables, you would get free lunch. <laughs> that's interesting. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, so your parents are strict and you kind of like kept a distance kept, or you were kept at a distance. Uh, one of the things that I just found interesting, just being like young and like looking at people and, and I looked at people with like, I don't know, just these stereotypes. And so it was for me, was like pretty surprising to, you know, start hanging out with Alyssa and to see yes. that, like, you know, over here, here's Matt Whitteman across the street, yeah. there's Jen's and it's like, Oh, who lives there? Bianca. And you go, Bianca yeah. lives here. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Big, big old, big old house. Nice little, you know, mm -hmm. uh, cul-de-sac community. Um, yeah. You know, most of the black kids that I encountered growing mm -hmm. up lived in, lived where I lived in Ambler, uh, South okay. Ambler, West. Yeah. South yep. Ambler, West Ambler, Penn Lynn. That was the bulk mm -hmm. of black kids uh, yep. in our school. So you're, you know, about a mile away, you're living in this, in this house. What is that? What's that like? And what's that different world when you're obviously, 
you know, you're being kept at a a distance, but you're sneaking into the other world a little bit, right? (laughs) So it's interesting you say that because um, I don't think I realized the, I don't want to use the wrong word, but the, I don't think I realized how I grew up compared to other people until I was older. And by no means, like, we're not going to, you know, it's, it's not, there, there were definitely prior to the <laughs> Amber Lord Gwyneth days, quite the struggling moments. Um, but it's, it's just to me, what was odd to me, like I said, cause we moved, we first moved to hunt club and that was more of a community where there were more people that there were more black people <clears throat> where I met Lorraine, like I said, um, and Steve Johnson lived in Hunt Club, so all of us take the bus together and all of that. Yeah, but we lived there for a short time just until our house was being built. It was finished being built. Um, so then we moved to, we were like the third family to move into Wooded Pond, uh, where Alyssa and all of us grew up. And to me, it was like, okay, I'm seeing people moving in. None of them look like me. What's going on here, mom and dad? What are we doing? Are we in the right place? Are we sure we can afford this? It's mm-hmm. like those types of things that go through your head. Um, and then I think there was maybe one other black family, but they had two little girls who were like five and four. So I, they couldn't be my friends obviously, at that point. Um, but it was, it was different for me. I, I never felt, I will tell you on Wooded Pond, I didn't feel like an outsider. That was the hick and I did. It's very odd. Alyssa and I became best friends. I still have the bracelet she gave me on graduation day. We became best friends We'd ride to school together. Um, I remember Clueless was our favorite movie. We would watch all the time Clueless because that was like us. <laughs> But Matt Winneman and I didn't hang out nearly as much. Jens and I became pretty close. Um, but I didn't feel like an outsider at, at Wooded Pond. I felt like I felt like it was home. I, I truly, my parents have built a community around me with people around us that accepted us for who we were, because we know that that's not always the case as minorities ourselves. That's not always the case. But at Wissahick and I, at school, I probably felt more like an outsider than I did at home. And I was really the only Black teenage girl on the street, <laughs> on the block. So it didn't seem weird to me by any means. As I got older, I definitely appreciated and was grateful for those moments, but you but you also realize they're just moments. They don't define you. So, yeah. When you would go to, I don't know, Penland, Ambler, hang out, you looking around, are you, you said you didn't feel very comfortable with a Hicken. Um, did you feel comfort once you were, maybe hanging out with friends? Yeah, I did. I loved going to like visit Jessica and Penland. Um, I, I did. My first boyfriend lived in Ambler, Miles. <laughs> yeah, on my um, street, on the street I grew up on. Oh my gosh, that's right. Miles and Keisha work. You're absolutely right, yo. Yeah, South Chestnut. Um, there you go. I used to I used to hang out over there a whole lot. I felt very comfortable. Um, I think it was just at school, but it also have just been, have been the, the grades and I wasn't really being, I wasn't really successful with, with when it came I don't even know how I got into Penn State I'll be honest with you but I'm like to this day I think my parents paid somebody off <laughs> um I I just didn't feel like a successful student I feel like a successful person through high school when I would be in those different environments be it in and Wooded Pond Penn Lynn even in Bluebell sometimes but mostly in Ambler I felt good then but I didn't school just wasn't really a wasn't my thing <laughs> did that I mean is that do you think that's because of the mix of people like is your first time now dealing really with like white people in school and and indians mm-hmm. and asians and what is that for you learning for really for the first time of this social interaction it was 
was it was difficult because I didn't like I, I just didn't want to say or do the wrong thing. And, you know, coming from where I come from, my family and people that we grew up with were jokesters. We may say things that might be offensive, but you're not offended because, you know, it's all in jokes and fun and we're very sarcastic. <laughs> and I just didn't want to come across that rude or annoying person. Um, but I will say one of the main reasons that I decided to go to, I wanted to go to HBCU. I actually wanted to, um, but I'll never forget. My father said, you need diversity in your life. You have to go to a school like Penn State. You need to understand what it's like to be around Indian people, Asian people, um, other Caucasian people. And I have to say, I fully agree. And I think that was the best decision of my life, even though they, they moved away it was a very different experience than I thought it would be. I mean, again, at Wissahickon, it's majority white, but you're, you're inclined to find people who look like you. So the majority of my friend group that I hung out with in sports, outside, the bulk of them were still black like myself. And so I was still, even if it was subconscious, putting myself in that position. <laughs> um, but that's why I always appreciated Alyssa because she really opened my eyes to a world that I was never used to prior to Wissahickon, prior to Lower Gwinnett. And it was just, her family was just the most welcoming family I've ever been around in my entire life. And it's just, I, I still cultivate in my mind that relationship because of what they brought to my life. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, that was really, that was like equivalent to like what my relationship was with Ray. Um, yeah. to where we eventually ended up hanging out with Alyssa and like every Friday yeah. night, Saturday night, right? Yeah. Camaro's in the driveway and, and there you go. Yeah. We're all, yeah. Yeah, we're all <laughs> hanging out in the, in the basement or whatever, watching TV. Um, how do you, how do you keep up with your friends? If you know, your parents are strict, you're not watching TV. Are you listening to music or like, how are you one of the biggest things for me with black culture, right? I would have like mm -hmm. a few black friends that I would get to share and whatever I was watching, listening to, but it was very few and far mm -hmm. between. And that was always my connection to Kelly Brailsford, to Alea, to Brandon Keys, yes. yep. to, to mm -hmm. Hank, to Coop. Um, for you, you're not you're not really watching TV. I'm assuming your friends don't want to talk about what was on the six o'clock news. <laughs> How are you keeping up so with culture? Thankfully, yes. Yeah, so thank T, um, radio was my life. I think I bought like I had one thing I my parents did. They didn't buy us many things we wanted, just what we needed. But one thing I did get was a big boombox. And I had like every CD. I think I still have like my two clothes, Lauren Hill, like all those CDs still. Yes, CDs. And I listened to the radio a lot. Like I was that person that was calling in, trying to win tickets to things I know I would never be able to go to, but still trying to win tickets. Um, so music really did become my life. And I did have an older brother who he and I hung out a good, a good amount prior to him going or coming down here to go to Morehouse. Um, so I spent a lot of time, which this new generation has no idea. I spent a lot of time outside too. And that was even prior to Wissahick. And I always loved being outside. I was definitely one of those when the lights come on, that means I got to go home type kids. And right. I, I miss that. <clears throat> I will say in high school, it's like for them, it just switched. They, they were no longer as strict as they used to be. I didn't even have a curfew, but I also knew that I wasn't one to be going out all times of night anyway, because I had basketball practice the next morning for no reason, because I wasn't that good. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I just, I am also in our house, it, when I say switch, it switched. I mean, we were allowed to drink with my parents and, you know, that's not, don't worry parents out there, but like they would say, we'd rather you have a drink here with us than be out there getting into an accident and hiding it. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I've, I've 
I think I maybe drank once outside of the house in high school. And that was at like a New Year's party. I had one beer and had my brother pick me up because I was like, I can't drive. (laughs) I was perfectly fine, but I was like, I just don't want to drive. So the trust they instilled in me in high school, I didn't feel that prior to high school. So once high school hit, I was able to do a couple more things, not everything like I wanted to, but I had a little bit more freedom. So it, it shifted a little bit. And it worked because you didn't it go did. too you didn't go too far, even though the the this trust was laid down and the laws weren't really set in stone. You knew not there were limits you couldn't go past. Exactly. And I didn't like for like for prom, I just I wanted to go home after prom. So I went home after prom. It, it just wasn't a for me being out hiding wasn't a necessity because I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And that I don't have children, but if I ever do, that's something I really do want to you know, instilling them as well as there's a trust factor here. You've earned it. Don't mess it up. <laughs> yeah. Were you, um, for social life, what was that like? Um, I think it was, a a Leia talking about like a, a New Year's Eve party. Uh, yes, you guys had no, you guys one. had no plans. And then you call like, Oh, there's a house party. And I'm like, see, how come I never got, I never got to go to these house parties. What was, I think that was probably like one of, two parties I went to, uh, house parties I went to. And that's the same one I was just talking about where I had a beer and I said, Brent, come pick us up. (laughs) Um, So social life was, it ended up being okay. But I also had um, a boyfriend through various boyfriends (laughs) through high school. Mostly Miles and I were together for a good while. So that kind of ended up being my social life. To this day, my brother and my cousin still say, oh, we really loved Miles. He had the, I think he had the three-door Saturn and then he would pick him up from soccer and they just loved him. So my family ended up liking him. So he was able to be around a lot. Mm-hmm. So that ended up being my social life. Miles and Bianca were just kind of together. Um, and then with sports, it was kind of hard to go out on Fridays because we knew we had to get up Saturday. So Saturday night we'd go up, but then I had church Sunday. So I wasn't really out late <laughs> most nights. It was probably strategically planned that way by my parents, but I wasn't really out late a lot. If I was, it was like I'd stay at somebody, like I would stay at Holly's house or whoever it was, and then just go home the next day or go to practice. So I didn't really do as much as some of our other classmates did, I'm sure, as you know, but I was okay with that. In the long run, I really was okay with it. Um, Why didn't you do soccer in high school? Because I wanted to be one kind of with the cool kids and I thought basketball was the cooler sport. So I stuck with basketball more. I did travel soccer with um, Colleen Farrell. There were a bunch of people on that team with me. I did travel soccer with them, but I also stopped doing that probably midway through high school too, because I wanted to put all my effort into basketball because I just knew basketball was going to get me into college. And I just knew I was that great. And it seemed like, no, it didn't seem like it was. It was evident at Wissahickon, basketball got a lot more notoriety, a lot more attention than soccer. I even played field hockey and I was phenomenal at field hockey, but I stopped doing that too. So I I really should have just stuck with the sports I was good at (laughs) or better at, I should say. Yeah. That's, that's interesting because I I think there's always um, a difference between how the guys sports are covered and the girls sports, right? And they always Mm -hmm. say the football brings in the money, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. uh, to pay for everything else for the other sports. But I guess I, I always think of like, I don't know, field hockey and lacrosse as like the girls sports that I would always hear about, or like there would be the, the yeah. blah. I don't know if it's, was the, do you think the, am I misremembering that? Or was the guy, were the guys overshadowing of the girls basketball oh, team a little bit? Absolutely. I think that, I mean, when you think about it, all the games were, 
they tried to do a good job of balancing who got to play in the night game on Fridays versus who didn't. But if you remember, if we played early, all the fans came in soon after our game ended or right as it was ended. If we played late, all the fans left soon after the boys game ended or as it was about to end. So we didn't really get nearly as many people in the stands. Um, I'm trying to remember. It was, it's Jessica's cousin, Ashley. I think her name was Ashley too. Ashley Harrison? I forget. But she was another one of those phenomenal basketball players. And she had a like a big following. People would come to watch her and then they'd come to watch Jessica. But but we didn't get, I remember when I would play field hockey, there, I mean, it was parents around. It was That's all we would probably get with parents. Like nobody would come to that backfield to see us play, but the boys lacrosse team would get a lot of fans. And I just think that's a cultural thing too. That's just how it is in America. It's not like a Wissahickon thing. I wish that would be a shift, but I, I distinctly remember like, I can't stand when we have games after the boys because the, the stands would just be empty after, soon after that. They wouldn't be nearly as full, but yeah. we still have to go down. Yeah, it's like that for pro sports, right? Even. Yes, exactly. And college yeah. and yeah, all the mm-hmm. way across. Exactly. Yep. What uh what did you wanna what did you want to do like growing up as a before like you're wor- actually working towards it? If you were like a kid, like I want like I wanted to be an astronaut. What did you really? want to yeah, but I was colorblind. <laughs> so then you can't be an astronaut if you're colorblind. Yeah, you can't work in okay. space program. You can't tell your greens and your browns apart. They don't want you. Yeah, it's kind of important. <laughs> what did you what did I you want to be? I actually always said I wanted to be a lawyer. Even to this day, I wish I would have gone to law school instead of grad school. Um, it, it, that was definitely, if I could redo anything in my life, it would be just having just gone straight to law school. So I work in HR now, and every time I interact with legal, I'm like, gosh, I just wish I went to law school. Like, Even if it was internal counsel type law, I didn't have to be lit- litigation every day. I really wanted to go to law school, but you know, they say it's never too late, but I'm 38, it's too late. <laughs> It's a lot of schooling to put in at this time of the year. This exactly. Time of the I'm never game. going to school again. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> so then as you're going through with a Hicken, then um, what is what is, you know, I wanted to be a I wanted to be a lawyer growing up, but what does that start to become as you're 16, 17, 18, and you have to yeah. start actually paying attention to this? So like most kids, I I knew there is work required in going and being a lawyer, but it wasn't until about those age, <clears throat> those ages where I realized just how much work was required. And then I went to college and I didn't feel like I really had a purpose. Like I, I didn't really, even before going to college, I, I didn't think I'd get into college again because of my grades. <laughs> um, and I'm, I was a strong C student, but that's not, a, that's not awesome. Let's just be real. It doesn't, stand, like it doesn't stand out for anything. Exactly. It's average. Not, C is average. Exactly. So, but I was a strong C student. Don't forget that strong when you, (laughs) um, and so I went to college and I, I went to the smaller campus first and I was still thinking I wanted to be a lawyer, but I didn't really put any, I didn't do any pre-law classes. I just kind of did the normal ones. Right. And then I, I just, I got into HR because I took a course that was, I took, I went, I originally was majoring in psychology. But psychology ended up, yeah, psychology ended up just being too much 
theory. And I, I, I didn't want all that. I want, I'm more definitive than that. Okay. Um, and so I ended up going towards health and human development. And my father back in Connecticut knew the, the VP of HR at Travelers. So I started interning in HR at Travelers. And then after I graduated, I applied for their um, human development leadership program. I didn't get in, but they gave me a job in HR anyway and recruiting. And so I just catapulted from there with HR. <laughs> What was your experience? I asked you just because, you know, you talked about, um, you know, your no one on your, your mom or being the first like American uh, in mm -hmm. your family. Um, and obviously, you know, your brother's going to college. But what's that experience like when, you know, you maybe don't have that um, your parents don't have that experience um, to maybe tell you this is how it happens. This, you know, none of, no one in my family went to college. Um, really? you know, my, none, my parents did it. My uncle is a Ph.D., but. Mm -hmm. My parents didn't go. So like, it was very like, you know, fumbling around of you have, like you said, the workload, right? I didn't know yeah. what you had to do. I'm applying to everything, like literally like the day of the deadline, I'm half-assing yeah. what I'm writing. I've yes. got nothing really <laughs> to show for it on my transcript, except for musicals. Um, yeah. Jenny Martin also talked about, um, you know, her problems with trying to figure out school and what to do and going to like uh, her boyfriend's parents at Pat Emery's wow. parents and like asking for advice because they were very zoned in, but they're zoned in on yep. Pat, you know, not on, mm -hmm. on who she is and what's good for her. So how are you, what's helping you kind of figure out how to navigate through college or get to college? I will tell you, I don't remember, I can't remember most of my teacher's names, but we had a counselor at, in high school. I remember it was the, one of the first areas when you first walk into the front build, the front, the front door. And she was really a big portion of me getting through the essays, finding out how to apply to colleges, all of that. I leaned on her a lot more than I probably should have, but to me, that's what she's there for. That's, yeah, that's her job. Um, yeah, yeah and I, but I will say my father went to University of Cincinnati. And so he understood what the process was. But the thing about him was, I'll tell you my experiences, but I'm not going to dictate or walk through yours with you, if that makes sense. And what he means is you got to put in the work, you got to do this. And I fully understand that, but sometimes you're kind of just like, just give me a couple answers. I need just kind of help me along the way if you can. So the counselor kind of filled in a lot of those gaps for me. And my mom was really instrumental. My mom was pretty much a stay at home mom at that point. And it was, to me, it was a burden, but I understood later what she would, did you finish your essay? Okay, let me read it. Cause she would have been, if she had gone to college, she wanted to be an English major. So wow. that was a blessing and a curse as you can imagine. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. So every single thing was crucified when it came to her, when you would give it to her, but it ended up working in my favor because I was never the best writer. And she under, she was very good at that. So it, I did have that, I had many angles that I would pull from to help me get to that point i definitely didn't use our guidance counselor uh, <laughs> enough at all it was one of those like you only go when you have the the everyone's got the meeting right you get like the, yeah. you get the, yep. you get you find out you have to have a meeting because everyone's having me you have to go during six period you're just like i don't even know where this place is <laughs> <laughs> you know i was like at her office ma'am do you have a few minutes thank you um <laughs> But, you know, that was one of the biggest things that I learned, um, right, wearing Temple gear today. But, like, one of the biggest things I learned not until I got to Temple was that mm -hmm. you got to be – there might be lots of opportunities and um, 
information available to you, but you don't know until you ask. I never, ever, ever knew how to ask until I was mm -hmm. almost done yep. temple. And then you start asking people and people help you and you go, oh, wow, I could have had this for years and years and years. But so that's yep. a great example. Like you're asking your guidance counselor actually going. And when people mm -hmm. see that you're willing to, that's why I say like, yeah, it's her job. She, how many people she probably had that she, that like never, ever went to her. And yeah. <laughs> you're like actually put in that work. That's why people want to be teachers, right? To help people who want it. And she was very, she wasn't standoffish. She was very helpful. Um, and and I, I think that she really, to your point, did, was appreciative that somebody was actually asking for her help. It wasn't just like, my parents tell me I have to come see you. What do I have to do to say I came here? Like, you know yes. what I mean? <laughs> so it was, I was very, I'll never forget just how, I think between her and my mom is what got me to apply. Like I applied to Kutztown. Um, my dad said only in state schools, we're not paying for anything out of state. Um, and then I just kind of went, decided on Penn State. I was kind of forced into it, but it worked out. <laughs> Did you have a favorite teacher uh, in Wizzahickon? Um, He actually wasn't my teacher, but he was just one of the coolest, I'm gonna call him a cool cat because he's an old head because we used to call him a cool cat, Mr. Dixon, the shop teacher. He was just like the coolest person in the world. And I don't remember many teachers' names, but I'll never forget his name. Jessica and I would like literally sneak to his classes instead of our classes, just to hang out with him and like just see him in action. I actually ended up taking shop one year with, was it Billy Stout? I think it was with Billy, yeah. Um, and I still have the model or whatever the, <clears throat> the thing is that I built, but he was just, what I liked about Mr. Dixon was he didn't treat us like high school students. He treated us like young adults that are now entrancing into college. And we need, we needed somebody who wasn't judging us, who wasn't just rigid. And he was just really, I think about him a lot. I, I don't know where he is or what he's doing, but I, I think about Mr. Dixon a lot. He's still he around. He's just a very cool, he is. Well, if you see him, please tell him I say hi. <laughs> uh, if I if I remember correctly, he may be in the middle school now, but I think he's still in the district. Oh. Uh, I know he's on Facebook. Uh, he's definitely someone oh. I want to try and talk to. <laughs> yes, like he was just the coolest teacher because he just let us be young adults. He wasn't judgmental. He would tell us about his experiences. Um, I mean, people would take his class just to get, just to like soak up a, like a sponge from him. And it, it was it, that was a vital part of my high school tenure, I guess you could say. I literally knew you were going to say Mr. Dixon, the first adjective you said. I was like, oh, this is going to be a Mr. Dixon. <laughs> it's, I just, yeah, I would love to get in touch with him and just see how he's doing. Like, he was just a cool person, man. <laughs> yeah. And he, um, like you said, young adults, uh, he wasn't rigid. He didn't have yeah. kind of these, um, I never had Mr. Dixon. The the mm -hmm. one my one interaction with Mr. Dixon was I got in a fight senior year a week before graduation. And oh, Mr. Wow. And Mr. Dixon is the one that pulled me off of the kid. But at the Whoa. time I didn't know you got into the fight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I find a, that hard to believe, but if you say so. <laughs> did I not seem like a fighter? No, I mean well, I don't know that any of us were really fighting. <laughs> or did I not seem tough, tough enough? No, I, I just didn't think that you would get into it. Like, you seemed like you were a good kid. Now, not that getting, because I was I was a fighter, but not that you can't be a good kid. I just never, I just felt you were above fighting, if, I, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, what's funny is that because you, I think because you only knew me probably from like seventh, whenever I met you, like in a pod, yeah. eighth grade, mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't until ninth, but um, middle school, I always got in fights. 
I got like three detent. I got I got three suspensions. I think in seventh grade, um, and then like like I said, I started learning a little bit more. And then it's like, all right, like I'm tenth grade. I'm not getting fights. But then twelfth grade was like a a break from that of like, oh, line got crossed. And so I thought I was actually getting jumped during oh. the fight. I'm like, because I see someone just running off the, up to the side and they grab me and they're holding me. So now I'm kicking the kid in the face because my hands are being yeah. held. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. I can't breathe and I'm being put in a chokehold. And I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And it's Mr. Dixon who's got me in like a Navy SEAL chokehold. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? I'm like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. So I'm sitting in Mr. Madden's office with my mom and Mr. Dixon comes and finds me. And he comes in in front of my mind and goes, he goes, I'm really sorry I did that. But that kid could not defend himself. I had to make you stop. <laughs> that's just, you just so a moment with that kid. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's like, that's my, my cross with, with Mr. Dixon, but just, he had that personality. There were a few stout, uh, a few others. Uh, I think like Mr. Brody uh, that people kind of were able, they didn't, you were able to maybe cross a line, but you didn't yeah. disrespect them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't, as you're saying names, it's coming back to me, but I don't remember anybody's name. <laughs> I remember the, the, the teacher we had in seventh grade. She was on the, is it Mrs. J Mrs. Parker? Was it Mrs. Mrs. Parker? Yeah. I remember her. I remember her. And I really liked her. I felt that a lot of the students didn't treat her appropriately, but I always liked Mrs. Parker. She was just a strong woman, boy. I tell you, <laughs> I so always we had liked that. her. So. So we had seventh grade together then. Yes, we yeah, definitely yeah. did. Yeah. 7B. They, yes, it was 7B. You're right. So yeah, there you go. Um, so Mrs. Parker, Mr. Dixon, I can't remember many other names. When you were running them off, I was like, oh yeah, we did have that teacher, but not many others I can remember. Did you have a favorite um, class? Something that you were like really, you know, you said your mom wanted to be an, an English teacher was English. Yeah. Um, anything that involved sports, because that was much, I was a huge tomboy. I mean, I, I didn't wear gym, absolutely gym <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> I'm so serious. Um, yeah, I was a, a huge tomboy. Like my mom had to force me to go to prom because I didn't even like to wear dresses. I did not want to go to prom. I didn't want to have any birthday parties. So she didn't get the true like girly experience with me as her daughter. Um, until after college, I didn't start wearing dresses until after college, voluntarily until after college. Yeah. <laughs> so I, anything that involves sports or not being in front of a book, I was, I was, I was ready for it. It's interesting. You say you never wore a dress instantly. What popped in my mind was love and basketball where <laughs> right. She comes to the, they say, damn, I didn't know Nike made me dresses. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> yep. But I was never the 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 young girl who was in the kitchen with her mom, her Jamaican mom, who's making this food. Obviously, it's amazing food. I was the young girl who was outside doing foot races with the boys, and my brother was betting against they couldn't beat me. Like that was me outside. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was definitely. I don't think my tomboyness showed as much in, in high school as it did when I was much younger because I I felt like I didn't feel as comfortable being that you know, rowdy little, little girl who was, was, was a tomboy as, as much in high school, because it's kind of like, I'm looking at the many other girls who are, you know, they're into boys and they're into dresses and they're into just many things I wasn't into. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's why nobody's talking to me. Cause I'm not into these things, <laughs> but then things changed. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, cause you did date in high school. It wasn't like you, mm-hmm. like you didn't date. Was it 
Um, you mentioned Miles, like prior to prior to like really dating, was it was it like just a complete drought? And were you looking out? Because you're obviously you're. I looked at Wizza Hicken as pretty advanced. Um, so yeah. I would look at like seventh, eighth grade. You would hear stories at that point where 12, 13, uh, 14, and you would hear stories about the weekend. And then especially once he got to high school. Um, so mm-hmm. for me, who I didn't date at all the entire time. Um, so for you, who maybe didn't start, and I don't even think that, I think a lot of people started in high school, but for you kind of yeah. leading up to that point, were you feeling like you're behind the pack in every, in every way? Cause you're mentioning your tomboy and you're like, oh, maybe that's why is that like, are you well aware of like everyone else's kind of like romance, romance world happening? I don't know what the right romance world, as you know, some of them are exploits already. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As you know, some of them are having, having children already. Um, and I didn't feel like our grade, the guys in our grade really showed me much attention, but I did feel like miles was a grade above me. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I went to high school, it, it did seem, yeah. So I guess you could, I don't really, I didn't really, date and I, I had crushes in middle school but I didn't date anyone probably because I wasn't allowed to but Miles wasn't until 11th grade so okay. yeah I guess so like I had a short stint with another guy named Andre but that you know that didn't last long so <laughs> did your friends date well Alyssa and Josh started dating at the age right. of like two so you know <laughs> they got and then they got married at 16 so exactly there you go um a lot of different friend groups and I would probably say within them yeah a good amount of them did yeah I'd I'd say they did now it may not have been guys at our school or girls at our school but they were yeah sure yeah yeah it was for me like none of my friends did Raiden Raiden date Scott didn't date Josh when he finally came to Wizzahickon and started dating the friend in our actual group it's like oh wow like all right that's it was easy and so then that was the only friend that we really had dating anyone and like the only time that I would be the quote-unquote like third wheel or or fifth wheel or whatever it was we were mm-hmm. you know we were pulling around in the Camaro at the time um <laughs> so, so for why me, did you date? um I was sh- I was mm, what's the right word shy but I was afraid of being vulnerable I think yeah so while I was shy, I would meet it with aggression. And I think I kept that like, um, you know, picking on girls like schoolyard mm-hmm. style. That was my style of obviously listen to the podcast. I had a million crushes, but I never, <laughs> you know, like my thing would just be like, try and like make people laugh, but that could yeah. go either way. Right. I might approach it wrong. And so mm-hmm. I just never put myself in a pocket to ever even like be really friendly with Alyssa was like really the only girl that I was friends with that I hung out with Mm -hmm. Jess Lauer um those like the only two people that I like hung out with went to their houses uh talked Mm -hmm. to them on the phone those are the only two girls probably until like my second year of college Mm, wow you know like it and it wasn't even until yeah and it wasn't even until like my senior year that I would even really like talk to girls in school mm-hmm. fr- in a friendly way mm-hmm. um all of my interaction with girls would maybe like i did chorus and musicals mm-hmm. and so yeah. like i would interact with girls in that way but i never hung out never did anything i think it was just i don't know i think that's which i think is normal i just never learned how to conquer it in high in high school yeah yep i didn't realize that okay i also was really um uh I was really self-conscious about like how to date. I didn't know how to do it. Uh, you know, I worked at Wawa, 
Uh, I worked like 20 I, hours. I miss Wawa. Oh, yeah, I, I, worked, I wish I had a Wawa here. <laughs> I worked like 20 hours a week at Wawa. Um, I had 7 a.m. You know, I worked 7 a.m. on the weekend. So like being out on late wow. on a Friday was not very typical for me, even if I was just mm -hmm. hanging out with, with friends. Um, and I didn't know where you would take people for dates. None of my mm -hmm. friends dated. Josh and Alyssa hung out like at their houses. Yeah, so, they did. Yep. Yeah. And, and I never knew like where would I take a girl? I didn't, wouldn't have a clue what to say to like, Hey, do you want to go do blank? You know, I would still mm -hmm. go to McDonald's and we would go to friendly. And like, <laughs> I just didn't know. That's one of the things I often ask people is like, where did you go for dates? What did you do? I don't remember where I, I think I was, if I was, yeah, I don't know that I really went places for dates because I mean, how much can you really do at 15, 16 years old? Right. The don't movies. have a car. I didn't have a license till I was 18. So, yeah, no, I think it was just more so if their parents were comfortable with it, you hung out at their houses or other friends' houses with the guy or the girl. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't figure that all out. So that was all. And I never went to dances. So even like, you know, trying to spark up something for a dance and, oh, she was my date for this. Never did any of that. I hated dressing up. I was so self-conscious. I mean, I only went to the only time I went with a date was prom and semi-form. I think I went to one semi-formal. And then the when I was 11th grade prom, and then 12th grade, I went to prom. The regular dances, it would just be like a group of girls going together. Like it was never, oh, I'm going with my boo. Like, no, mm -hmm. it's me, Jessica, or it's me and Alyssa. You know, it's just different. Me and Alea, mm -hmm. Kelly, it's just different groups of us would go and I mean, go home. So, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you go to the football games on Friday nights? I did. I did. I mean, we were already at the school anyway um, from other sports. But yeah, I did go to those sometimes. I don't think I went to a lot or like all of them. But yeah, I did go to some of them. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I never I never went to those either. I <laughs> really? yeah. Brad, what were you doing in high school? <laughs> you know, I would work a lot of times Friday nights too after work. Like I would work, uh, mm -hmm. you know, seven to 11 or whatever, or five to 11 or five, three, right? Yeah. Three to 11, whenever we would mm -hmm. get out. Um, so I would do that a lot and yeah, I just wasn't into it. And you know what else? I was not a big sports guy outside of basketball. Wasn't very oh, into, okay. um, I probably barely knew rules to, to football. Uh, mm -hmm. back then it was more of like, Oh, are the Eagles on? Are we watching? Okay. Like, you know, remember like, like, my, you know, my, my parents got divorced at, you know, seventh grade. I stopped talking to my dad, like by the time I was oh, like in okay. high school. So I never yeah. had like that, that ultra macho, um, yeah. come on, mm -hmm. let's watch sports. Really basketball was like my favorite sport was what I played growing up. Um, yeah. I pl you play everything, but then you, you suck at the rest and you start you know, trying to funnel it. So basketball was like the only thing I played recreationally as a kid uh, past the time I was like 11. Um, it was the only thing I understood. So that's what I would watch Sixers, but nothing else. So football going. And I was so practical. Yo, you know, you want to go to the game? I don't like football. I don't want to go. And it's like not realizing it's the social thing. Like, no, no, you go. Social, yeah. yeah, we mm -hmm. stand around, we talk. And I was like, I don't know, I got three friends. What are we? What am I doing? Who am I talking to? <laughs> it's definitely the social aspect of it. And you said basketball it reminded me of when you sent me that message, maybe Instagram, because I'm not really on Facebook. When you saw me on the kiss cam when I was went there with the went to one of the what's the team? Hawks game. Yeah. And I was like, how did he see me on this? And I was like, oh well, it is televised. <laughs> so. Yeah, so this is great.
So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting watching uh, a, a random Atlanta Hawks game, and I'm watching like the the league pass feed, which is the feed from the arena. So you get to see everything okay. that happens in arena on the big screen, and you're mm-hmm. hearing the MC like you know, all right, we're gonna throw out some T-shirts and and all that stuff. <laughs> and then at some point they're like, all right, we're going to the kiss cam. And they're just showing different people. And then all of a sudden, front row, there's Bianca with this guy. And the guy was like one of those comical, like he realizes, and then he just goes in for it. And yeah. I'm just like, well, I got it. And I hadn't talked to you in a in a long time. And I'm like, yeah. I know I got her on Instagram somewhere. I gotta find her. Like, are you is this are you at this Hawks game? This is going out everywhere, you know. <laughs> Funny things. I'm like, I almost I forgot that I was at a game. I was like, what is he talking? Oh yeah, I was at the game. <laughs> yeah, that oh made it worth God. it. That, that made was- it worth it watching those those weird feeds all the time. It's like you never know who's gonna be there. Yeah, it was just the randomest thing ever. <laughs> but those would be like my my weekends, my Friday nights, my Saturday nights would be like, you know, hanging out with like Scott Ritter, um, mm-hmm. listening to music, watching a Sixers game, eating buffalo wings, drinking soda. That would be like a Friday, a Saturday night. Maybe Mm -hmm. the only other thing that we would do would be go hang out with Josh and Alyssa and, you know, go riding around. I also didn't get my license, I think, until my senior year. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a I was a very late bloomer with that with that, too. Is that I wasn't allowed to. (laughs) Yeah, we had C's. You couldn't get your license in being a strong C student. Yeah. But they said, when you turn 18, you're an adult. We can't tell you not. You can't anymore. So literally the week I turned 18, I got my license. <laughs> um, and then where'd you get the car? I didn't have a car. I actually didn't have my own car. Yeah. I didn't have my own car until I graduated college. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, is it, it would be kind of messed up if C student, you're not allowed to get your license, then you're a grown up, but we're also going to buy you a car to go with it. <laughs> No, they didn't. Um, no, there was no. I I drove their cars once I got my license. <laughs> so what? Uh, you mentioned music. Um, you mentioned mm-hmm. all your CDs. Did you have a favorite, uh, favorite album artist um, from high school? I don't know. I I'd, I'd probably say I really did like Next. I, I liked Next a lot. I liked their songs. Didn't know what they were talking about until after high school, obviously. But I think Next may have been part of middle school, too. But I don't, I don't remember. But I, I loved Lauren Hill's CD. I still have that one. Aaliyah, of course. Mm. Um, probably those three, I, I just ran. I ran through the most. <laughs> that's a pretty good... Uh, that's, well, Next is, like, very 90s, like, very... Yeah. You know, Aaliyah yeah. and Lauren Hill are icons. Mm-hmm. And then you go yeah. Next, it's like the Boner song? <laughs> <laughs> yes i know it's so bad it's so bad but we didn't know what they were i didn't i didn't know what they were saying then i just loved the bees and i was like oh yeah we're too close i don't know too close to we're just going and as i got older i was like oh i used to sing that song around my parents they know what they meant <laughs> so you're right i always wrote you know never drove and i, I never had my license so unless i was with friends mm-hmm. i was always in the passenger seat with my mom and i controlled the radio mm-hmm. right so we're always yeah. listening. We're always listening to uh, to Philly 1039 or, or Power yeah. 99. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, was it, uh, might have been these, these are the times, Drew Hill. But there's a mm-hmm. there's a verse when uh, I think Cisco says, uh, 
tear you up in little pieces, swallow you like Reese's pieces. Come on, girl, you know what I mean. And she, my mom goes, ew, swallow you like Reese's pieces. You're in high school? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, hilarious, and at that point, like, I, that was the first time I was like, oh, I didn't even realize this shit was like... But shout out to your mom for being so cool about it. Ooh, what? <laughs> so when you're uh, when you're gearing up to go to Penn State, um, mm-hmm. what's your you know you're leaving? You've only you've been here now. Do you consider this your home? Did you consider Hartford your home? Did you feel any type of like a split? Definitely a split. When people ask me where I'm from, I say Hartford. Um, I think a big reason why I don't talk about Wissahickon as much is because I'm so disconnected from everybody at Wissahickon. Like, I don't know. Lorraine and I are still very good friends. I mean, she's lived in Atlanta for a long time. She's no longer here. I think she's going to come back soon, though. Um, So we're still very good friends. But I couldn't tell you besides liking a picture. Oh, that's a pretty picture. Or like a comment on Instagram. I don't know that I'm friends with anybody from Wissahickon. It's sad, I know. But I think that's mainly because I left right after we graduated, so I wasn't around anybody anymore. And I haven't gone back to Wissahickon since we graduated. I just, well, I went back for Alyssa's wedding, Mm -hmm. but that was it. I mean, even Alyssa and I don't talk nearly as much as we used to, obviously, in high school, but so I, it didn't, it wasn't really a, yeah, I'm not really connected to anybody at Wissahickon anymore. (laughs) Did you, if you hadn't gone back, afterwards would you have still felt that way like you, you got some adult time up there would you have still felt that way do you think about about Hartford, right now? About Hartford oh, you went back because um, you ended up going back right to Connecticut yes I, I ended up going back and then living there for three years after I graduated but I'd probably say because it's where I'm and I was it's not like I was born there and moved a year after I was born I, I spent 12 years of my life right. um living there and a good amount of my family is still there. I have a really good friend group still there. So I'd probably, I definitely always claim it as home, but I think if I had more of a connection to our, our class or even, you know, other Wissahickon students, I, I, I would definitely claim, you know, Wissahickon, Ambler, Lower Gwinnett more. That's interesting. So then when you're going to, to Penn state, is there any like feeling of I'm leaving friends i'm leaving this that, that you cultivate so you are at least feeling like okay I, this is like i've grown up here in my, in my oh yeah life. absolutely the hard part was after graduation all of you guys got to be around each other for the whole summer i left a week after we walked across the stage so i didn't get to be around everybody i didn't get to gear up and go to college and all right i'm now leaving you know as i'll see you when i come home for uh fall break or thanksgiving it's it was always shuffling back to Connecticut. So I think if I had that, I would still have more of a connection to everybody or the, you know, the, the Wissahickon itself. Um, but it didn't even dawn on me until probably earlier this year. I was like, I don't think I'm friends, like legit friends with anybody from high school and middle school. <laughs> like we're on Instagram, but yeah, that's not really friendship. <laughs> that's so, interesting. Yeah. Cause the whole reason why I, um, why I started this podcast because I kept running into so many people from Wizahicken out on really? the streets. Yeah, just all the time. And it's like, I got to do something with this energy besides, hey, how you doing? How you been? <laughs> did you, I know you say you didn't watch TV, but did you have a, uh, a favorite movie in high school? Um, hmm. I don't know that I did have a favorite movie in high school. Because I liked Clueless. Yeah. Um, but I was more into like, 
the TV shows themselves. The uh, TGIF was like, that was my thing. We could watch as much TV as one on the weekend. So Family Matters, Hang With Mr. Cooper, Step by Step, like all those. I lived for Friday. If I could be home. Exactly. If I could be home and not have to be at, you know, sports and things like that. Of course, um, Chris McLaughlin, was that his name? He was next to me in the yearbook. Brianna and Chris had the same last name, but they weren't. They weren't. Um, oh, Chris McQuaid. McQuaid, thank you. And he and I used to recite the Fresh Prince anthem like all the time. Like we would, it was the coolest. Thing. I had the biggest crush on him like ever in life. But well, he had he, the Justin Timberlake look. He did. He, oh yeah, he did. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I was just like, I'm gonna be Bianca, Bianca McQuaid one day. <laughs> oh my God, that's great. I don't know why, but I was just so in love with him. But we used to recite the Fresh Prince anthem, and it was just like the coolest thing that this you know white kid knows the Fresh Prince anthem. It was like. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right. <laughs> Fresh Prince was pretty. I remember when the 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 episode when he got shot at the ATM. Yeah. And it was like a two parter, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Yo, next week." Could not wait. Like we, it was as if we were part of that family. <laughs> An appointment we were viewing. Part of the An appointment mm-hmm. viewing. We didn't have DVRs, like unless you were gonna, <laughs> you had to actually watch it, and nothing like reran until the summer, maybe if you were lucky. Mm-hmm. So like you had to watch it or if you if you had a tape, you could tape it, but you usually had to watch it. Oh yeah, you definitely had to because yeah, no, there wasn't like a lot of syndication or reruns and not of shows that were know. actually mm-hmm. on the air. Like now yeah. it's like now it's like, you know, a show's a show gets 50 episodes in and now they start getting syndicated exactly. while they're still actually running new episodes, but that never happened. The show had to be canceled or off the air to start running. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like we made it a, a point that was like our family show. TGIF, my older brother and I would kind of be in and out with that one. But Fresh Prince of Bel- was it Monday? I think they came on Mondays. Yeah, Mondays. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that we made it a point of that was like the family time that we all sat down and watched it, and then you went about your business. <laughs> yeah, I love yep. that show. Yeah, I love that show. I still watch it. That's mm-hmm. that's one of the future. Boy Meets World's one of the, is is like that too, where I can watch it and I don't roll my eyes. It's like. It's still funny. I go, this exactly. is really good. Yeah, I love it. And then they had Girl Meets World. I never really got into that one as much. I didn't but, try that one. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I didn't, try that one. <laughs> I didn't even try. <laughs> yeah, don't. I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin it in my head of how good it, it that all is was. Good. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the yearbook. Oh, oh gosh, are we bringing it out? We're gonna no. bring it out. This is this is where we see. What you what you uh, set your legacy as with your you must I don't even something. remember couldn't even tell you where my yearbooks are none of that. Um, this is you. Oh my gosh! When I had all my hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stefania, that was my girl too. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we're wow. part of the we're part of the Dimple Gang. Yeah. Yep. I feel like as I've gotten older and my face has gotten fatter, they're not as prevalent, but I'm hanging on to them. <laughs> That's why I hide it with the beard now so that even so like for years and years now, people still just think that they look the same. But if I shave, you just go, oh, wow, it's a little flatter than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I did not like having pimples growing up. I love it really? now, but I, did not, I could not stand it. Yeah. Because people would tease me. Oh, you have weak face and all they put their fingers. I'm like, I can't stand this. But oh, that's as I got older, I was like, 
this is like actually really unique. I, I like this. Like people would literally tease me about it, but then I was like, it's because they want dimples. Duh. <laughs> yeah, I grew up like, like being taught that like dimples were like a sign of like, you know, attractiveness or, you know, like that's good looking people have dimples. And that was like, they my do. family would always Thank like, yeah, like, Ooh, look at you with those dimples. Did you got a third one over there? Okay. He's <laughs> so silly. <laughs> So, all right, we've got uh, we've got some field hockey and uh, for ninth grade basketball nine through twelve, track and field nine and ten. Um, mm-hmm. You ran a little bit, or did you I do ran. activities? I did <laughs> the <laughs> field part. Did you do the field, the field. part? Um, I did j- javelin, shot put. I held the record at Wissahickon for a little bit for javelin, I think actually. Um, and then I did. I was not a distancer. I like I could do 200, 100. That was all you're going to get from me because I to this day I still cannot do distance but yeah. i i was uh another area where jessica just ran circles around me but i'm not bitter by any means <laughs> i was just gonna ask is at what point did jess crush your dreams in that too like in middle school <laughs> i was so used to being like the all-around athlete and i come to Wissa Higgin and i'm just like well who does she think she is oh that's who she is okay yep she got it you keep but on the, sister <laughs> but on day one it's like you're doing this sport too Exactly. It's like I thought I was getting away from you. Can I be the best for once, please? Give and me the one hundred. State like on a scholarship. I'm like what? <laughs> uh, yeah, she was phenomenal. <laughs> it's funny. Someone was listening to that episode recently and was like, "I love how she's not how she's like very modest." And she's like, "You know, I wasn't the yeah. best and all that." It's like right then, like Kent State scholarship. What? Like you just go right. <laughs> she's lying. <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> AAAC 10 and 11. What's that? <laughs> I exactly. I, I mean, it's, when I have I, when, no idea. Anytime I see a bunch of A's, I automatically start going African American something. Club? Um, Committee? Something. Did we have anything like that? I don't uh, even know. Is that my profile? <laughs> that's you. That is you. Uh, you got Key Club in here for 12th grade. No, I don't. What is yeah, Key Club? <laughs> People have talked about it, but it's always like a one-off thing. I can't remember exactly. I, I, it's nothing that like, I know there was Key Club and there was Interact Club. And those were like very ambiguous, but Interact Club was like working with kids in the inner city. So that was probably my attempt to get more more credits on my transcript for college because I don't know what Key Club is. <laughs> in, in 12th grade, that makes sense. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to do soccer. I'm going to do Key Club. Just add it to my transcript. Just Send it off. Check all the boxes. <laughs> um, when you did soccer in 12th grade, I know you said you wished you had stuck with it. Did you, yeah. you know, we joked about like, you know, just kind of showing you up in other sports. Did you feel mm-hmm. like you belonged in soccer? Like you had oh, yeah. something there? Yeah, you still had it. Yes. Soccer was, I mean, like I said, I was the only girl on the boys team. That's how good I was before we moved. And I just like, I was always the fastest and I, I really, I, I shined on the soccer field. I really did. Yeah. So I, I wish I would have stuck with it. I absolutely do. But you know, maybe next time. <laughs> you said you're never going back to school. So that's it. No, that's it. It's, it's, I'm never going. I don't ever want to read another. I don't even like reading emails anymore. <laughs> so. Talk to text. Exactly. <laughs> Your quote is respect is contagious. Give it, got it. Anonymous. That was my dad. Yep. Oh. My dad would actually say that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 
thanks, family, especially parents who go the extra mile. Brent, thanks for always being there. Blake, your time's coming. True friends, Alyssa, NH. <laughs> I actually, so I did look to see if there was anyone with an NH in our, in our thing, and I couldn't find one. Um, and you have an AB, which is Alaya Bradshaw, right? Alaya Bradshaw, yeah. NH. I don't know what that is. Alaya <laughs> <laughs> definitely was Alaya Bradshaw, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you have a boyfriend in 12th grade, a different boyfriend in 12th grade? His initials weren't NH. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you have a I miss you, grandpa. So shout out to your grandfather. Yeah, he passed when we were in high school. Mm hmm. Mm. Did your family, was your family in Hartford while you were here? Well, when you were in school, was your rest of your family up when in Hartford? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you, I was in, uh, when I went to college, they, they had already moved back. Yeah. Okay. But, but I mean, like your, like your overall family, you had mentioned just like kind of, oh, did you have like no. a, a larger family that was, that was up there when you just mentioned like being around like Jamaicans and, and everything up there, was it? Yeah. So the majority of the people on my mom's side, um, I mean, up until recently, a lot of them were still in Jamaica, but my grandmother and my uncles, they were all in Georgia and Florida. Uh -huh. um, on my dad's side, he had a good amount of his, his parents, he had some cousins, his sisters, they were in Connecticut still. So it was, nobody was in Pennsylvania pretty much. Well, he had a brother in Pennsylvania for a while, but that was it. Wow. So did you mm -hmm. travel for all your holidays and stuff? Yeah, we still went. I mean, I went. We we didn't change my orthodontist. We didn't change our doctors. Really, we still drove back and forth for certain doctors. Yeah, wow. so we still went back a good amount. Mm -hmm. So that yep. really does make sense. Why that was your home more than anything? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm still trying to think. What what was what would have NH been? NH. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. Yes. It's probably not going to come to me, but I'll think about it. <laughs> I think like a, a Nicole or a Natalie. There was a Nicole out, but that was Nicole Murphy. She lived in Penland too. That was Nicole okay. Murphy, but no, I have no idea. I have to or, think about that Nicholas, one. A Nat or a Nicholas. NH, if you're out there, <laughs> tweet us, DM us. Yes, please do. <laughs> That's too funny. What was your quote? I don't think I had one. Mine was horrible. Um, mine was very, <laughs> so, you know, I had real, um, I don't know, like I had problems with trying to feel like I was too cool or like coming off as too cool. And so I would often underplay stuff and I would not, I feel like I wouldn't rise to the occasion of which the occasion, mm -hmm. was, what was necessary for the occasion. So I come in with like, well, I finally made it and it couldn't feel better. <laughs> like I'm giving like a keynote speech or something. Like <laughs> I want to thank everyone that helped me along the way. Special thanks to my mom. I guess that's all there is to say. <laughs> that is not. Because <laughs> I. Oh, my God. Because in my head, literally what goes through my head is like, oh, man, people are going to fucking make fun of me if I put this, if I put a stupid quote or a dumb Aww. rap or a dumb rap lyric or like <laughs> i was always trying to portray i was looking for that moment to be portrayed as like acceptable cool something like that and like yeah. that i never had that but i didn't know everyone else was trying to do that too 
Yeah, that's that's all you're doing in middle school and high school. That's you're putting on a front for everybody. You almost convince yourself sometimes that this is really you, and it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you, like you were saying, like we're just such kids. It's like it's like that with everything. And mm -hmm. I looked at everyone, girls, the cool kids, and the cool guys, uh, the school nerds who got good grades. I looked at all of them as like they've got it figured out. Yeah, I never yeah. knew they didn't have it figured out until years later. You get some more life experience and you just go, oh, they mm -hmm. didn't know. They were just lucky. They guessed. They prepped. They actually put in the work, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. And never. It took me a long time to realize that. And then like once that stopped becoming a thing where it's like, oh, I need to impress or I need to put on airs like, oh, no one else here is, is doing that. I can I can relax. Mm -hmm. it, took me, it took me to become an adult to get that comfortable. Yeah, I, I can. I, I felt the same way. I thought that there were a lot of kids in our high school in particular. I was just like, it just seems like it comes so easy to them and everything just handed to them. Why is it not like that for me? But it's it wasn't. They were just working very hard. And you, you don't really realize that until later. And it's like, you know, it's everybody has their cross to bear. And that was theirs. Yeah. You, know, you talk about you talk about like C's and 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 I was like the same way. I was like a CB um, student. And you talk about like, you know, we talked about Jess and and how mm -hmm. good she was. And and I think and she about, was good in school too. I'm like, how are you doing like how are you like a phenomenal in everything? <laughs> but then, you know, when I talked to her and and well, for the show and she talked about, you know, practice and 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 what she would yes. put into that. And or I, I talked to Lizzie Black who who talked about realizing yes. that, you know, she had a learning disorder and as she's oh. like trying to become a doctor that she wow. had uh, ADD or ADHD, I can't remember which, but that was like, a that was a real barrier for her at that point, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until then. And it's like, well, then what were you doing? Like, but you were like, you were Lizzie Black, you were getting all these grades, yeah. you were going to, you know what I mean? Like, what did you, well, yeah. I, I studied a lot. Like when my brother was still going to sleep, I was still trying to study. And those mm -hmm. are the things I never, ever, ever did. I never lost sleep yeah. studying. <laughs> studying wasn't wasn't a regular, a daily, nightly occurrence on my daily on my schedule. Yeah. It was Same like here. it was internet, music, watching basketball, wrestling. Like at mm -hmm. no point was it better go through this book and just kind of look over what we learned today. I think I never did that until the test. I was the same way. It's like, nah, I'm just gonna go to bed. It's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna pass through anyway. What does it matter? Yeah, today, <laughs> let me look real quick. Let's see here, right, right. And it was all memorization. Like, yeah, and the teacher's like, "I told you this two weeks ago. You probably did, but I still haven't studied." So Sixers went ten and zero. What can I say? <laughs> things are things are really <laughs> popping over here at my house every night. A lot of buffalo wings. Exactly, you and Scott, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Wings to Go used to have a thing when the Sixers or the Flyers play, you could get like 50 wings for $20. And mm. for people now, I mean, nothing makes you feel older wow. than realizing than hearing a price like that. Get, when like you look at like gas prices <laughs> and like chicken wing prices are fucking crazy now. It's like $1.50 for a buffalo wing. Imagine paying like 50 cents for a wing. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. But I was going to tell you, you mentioned Lizzie Black and I... I <laughs> Fun fact is that she was, I believe I played field hockey with her too. She was very good at field hockey. Mm -hmm. I think it was field hockey. Yeah. 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 Um, but she had the twin brother, Andrew. Andy. Maybe? Yeah. Andy. And then the two older brothers, maybe even three older brothers, but it was at least, it was at least, a, at least two older brothers. Yeah. And I remember sure. always being jealous sure. and being like, I wish I had all those brothers. I wish I had a twin because they just seem like such a close knit family, fun family. And her brothers would always, you know, they'd watch her play and it was just like, oh, 
I always wish I had it. Like I was always so jealous of that because her and Andy, they they seem close to me as well. A lot of times siblings aren't, especially twins, they're not opposite sex twins. They're not always close. And it's like, I really wish I had that. <laughs> I was so jealous of her. <laughs> yeah. She talked about like almost having like a built-in best friend. Yeah. You know, like, a, yeah. and especially because she wasn't as, uh, I think she didn't look at herself as like as cool kid or as outgoing. Mm-hmm. Andy was, was a lot more, I think she thought like in the, in the crew, but they were yeah. sisters. They had, they shared friends, even if she didn't yep. uh, do as much as he. And so she always had an outlet or a place to go. Um, yeah. But you know, she That's was also awful. the girl. She was also the only girl. The um, only girl. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only girl. And so for sports and all that stuff, it was like, you know, your brothers, you have to play with your brothers or, you know, your brothers have yep. to play girl mm-hmm. sport with you to help you practice at home. And, mm-hmm. but then fa- you know, he was really good. But flip side, you know, Pat Novak, uh, who had a brother, who had a twin brother, Tom, they did not get along as well right. growing up. Oh, really? Now they're super huh. close. They actually, Pat lives, Pat and Tom live in the same house with, with Tom's whole family and stuff. Pat's like the cool uncle in there, <laughs> in the house. So that's now cool. they're super, super close, but it didn't, it didn't start like that. Like you said, like it's not <clears throat> always, that's how they were growing up. Not as close. Mm-hmm. Not yep. close. So it could have gone either that. way for you. This is very true. You're absolutely right. I just always wanted a sibling closer to my age, but I, I loved their relationship and I would, oh, I wish I had that. And, you know, but, you know, <laughs> everybody's different. <laughs> I was an only child. And at times I, I think I, I wish I had had a, a brother or a sister, but then I would see like when Ray would fight with his sister, Kim, and I would just come home and go, thank <laughs> God, I don't have to deal with that. I would mm-hmm. never be able to handle that. Yeah, it's it's definitely not. Imagine being the parent in the middle of that. They'd be doing a Mr. Dixon on every day. Some parents like, all right, all. kill cold time. Let's go. <laughs> Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Yep. That's my parents. And I had brothers. So, yeah, I can't mm. imagine. <laughs> right. You said you were you were a little you were tough back in your day starting out. So, yeah, I was a scrapper back in the day. I changed a lot when I went to Mr. Dixon. Let me tell you, <laughs> I changed a lot. <laughs> Um, how's Atlanta? How do you like Atlanta? I love Atlanta. It's, um, I'm still a northerner through and through. We'll never claim this as my home, but, um, the prices are amazing. (laughs) Property value, your dollar goes a whole lot further here than it will ever go in, um, in, um, especially up, you know, Connecticut in particular, but also in Pennsylvania. Um, it's, there's a lot to do. There's plenty to do. I'm not really a go. I stopped being a go out person probably four, five years ago. Just I just doesn't really entertain me anymore. <clears throat> um, I wish I had more of my, you know, like friend group. Um, my best friend, she lives in California. Um, my mom recently moved down here from Connecticut, so I'm so happy about that. But my brothers are still in Connecticut. My dad's still in Connecticut. So I wish more people lived. My goal is to get everybody down here. It's not working out that well. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm failing miserably. But um, but I like Atlanta. I'll probably be here for a while. I would. I really do like LA, but it's just so far. If I was to live anywhere else, I like Seattle and I like LA. But the best place I've ever lived is Chicago. I would move back there in a heartbeat. I wow. love living in Chicago. Mm-hmm. When you were know? you in Chicago? Only a year and a half. So part of 2013 and part of 2014, uh, my job moved me from Atlanta to Raleigh, to, <clears throat> excuse me, to Chicago and then back to Atlanta. So, okay. Chicago, yeah. Seattle. Oh, Seattle's gorgeous. It is amazing up there. You ever been there? I've been there once. 
Yeah, I love Seattle. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a fun um, place. When I check out your, uh, I've been seeing lately on Instagram, you've been doing like some sort of like a, a like a, is it trivia? Trivia? Yeah, trivia. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say quizzo, but I knew yes. it wasn't that. Yeah. What's yeah, up with that? So, <clears throat> so one, a good friend of mine. Her name is Kenya. <clears throat> excuse me. Her name is Kenyatta. She um, came, actually created this concept, created this company where it's it's pretty much a it's it, it is trivia, but it's more for our culture. So it's not going to be about questions around friends or everybody loves Raymond or Roseanne questions. It's going to be about hip hop culture, urban culture, ranges from like <clears throat> '80s to current movies, music, HBCU questions, just different things about our more urban hip hop culture. Um, and what we do is there's this, there's one restaurant where every Monday we do trivia night. <clears throat> they have us do trivia night there. And we're actually trying to, you know, grow it even more to do private events and things like that. But it's been really, there's three of us, um, Troy, Kenyatta, and myself. And we really just, we're just trying to make it a big thing where it's not just like a trivia night. It really does become like a fun adult game night yeah. for everybody. And, it, and it's, it's really picking up a lot. Um, we, we started right before COVID. We had one and then COVID hit and we just shut it all down and we've recently started it back up. So I'm excited to get out of my isolation so I can get back into it. (laughs) Yeah. So you're doing that at a specific bar down there in Atlanta? Yes. It's called Black House. It's in Marietta. So it's like Metro Atlanta. Fitting. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, um, and yeah, I mean, we've been, I think we're going on maybe two months now we've been doing it there. They, They wanted us to come back every Monday. We have other restaurants and bars or lounges that want us to also go there. But we just got to kind of see how we make this happen as, as our footprint grows. So it's it's I mean, shout out to Kenyatta. She's just put she put the business plan in order and she asked us to join and we were more than happy and That's it's cool. going. <laughs> That's cool. We need stuff like that. I'm doing uh, yeah. I'm, I'm part of a writing team for a uh, black culture YouTube channel called the Chitlin Circuit. Um, oh. so, yeah. And so we like. <laughs> Yeah. So we're doing like, you know, those honest trailers for black movies that like the honest trailers would never do an actual one for like we, you know, we're belly and, <laughs> and we're breaking down like you ever seen like Zach, uh, Zach Morris. Uh, was it Zach Morris is a wow. Well, what is it? Not Zach Morris. Is a Saved by the Bell. Yeah. But there's like these online videos where it's like uh, Zach Morris oh. is trash. That's what it is. Zach Morris is trash. <laughs> and they recap. What? Yeah. They recap like a Saved by the Bell episode basically showing how Zach Morris is just like a horrible person. So we're doing oh. one called Martin is a fuckboy, And it's breaking down Martin. It's breaking down episodes of Martin and all the horrible shit, the fuckboy shit that Martin does to Gina. A lot of, a lot of masculinity, uh, a lot of bullshit masculinity stuff on that show with him. But, oh my gosh. So it's a great show though. <laughs> but like things like that, you know, just, cultural things that are like culturally based because there's so many things that you know trivial pursuit is not for us <laughs> exactly exactly a lot but you're but you're right and we laugh but as we kind of just accepted that and we're starting to say no we want entrance into this as well like we don't i mean that's it's a great game but it doesn't I'm, it's not relatable to me as right. much as it would be to many other people in our lives and so I like that. Keep me updated on that. You said the Chitlin Circuit. Chitlin Circuit, yeah. And you know, how do I watch stuff like that? Uh, on YouTube, right on. It's right on YouTube. If you if you like search Chitlin Circuit on YouTube, it should come up. Okay. Um, That's pretty cool. I have to look into that one. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'll send you the, I can send you the link to the channel too. So you Perfect. Thank you. Um, but you know, the other thing is like ownership of it because it's, you know, one thing for like, oh, Trivial Pursuit's going to put some black questions in our thing or, you know, whatever. Exactly. But it's like for us to be able to introduce ownership of these things and like, oh no, this exactly. is mine. And so, you know, for trap, you know, for trap trivia is like, that's ownership. So like, as it's growing and yep. growing, your friend owns that that's hers, you know, that's exactly. Yep. And there's something to be said for, for that, because there's like, <clears throat> there's trap karaoke, there's different things that are, and, you know, she realized that there really wasn't much for us to, and, and the thing about it is it's, everybody's like an adult game night. What's that mean? We're like, no, not like that. <laughs> right. We're like, this is just, there's going to be things you may not want a 12 year old to be hearing about, but it really does become, I mean, we get, we get really good crowds and there's obviously prizes, but people are just having, they're like, I know that answer. And to see somebody have that moment is just amazing. Cause you're just like, that's all we want is you to have a good time, fun times, meet new people and have some drinks, food, hookah, whatever you do on, whatever you, whatever is your, your, your whatever is your fancy and just have a good time. And that like, it makes us feel good to see that happen. Yeah. Well, this has been fun, Bianca. I'm so glad we like actually got to do this get this done I and I, I always enjoy these early morning ones too that are a little less <laughs> a little less boozy I, my memory's a little bit sharper well again be proud of what you've accomplished like this is so cool like this is i was excited to do it that's why i just felt like shit every time i had to move it but you know no we got it does done. we got it done so hopefully it it's done. good material for you and you get some good views and everything else definitely <laughs> This has been a pleasure and I'm honored that you even thought to interview me. And if I can do this again, you let me know what you need. And thanks again for thinking Definitely. of me. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks. All right, talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. That was my conversation with Bianca Mercer. I enjoy this conversation because it opened my eyes to a lot of things. I've never talked to Bianca. And so I never talked to her about my perception of her life or the way that she grew up based on where she lived or the house that she grew up in. But I was intrigued that she was aware of where she grew up as opposed to where other minorities from our school may have grown up. And maybe the most interesting part to me, just as I was going back through this conversation, was the fact that I didn't realize Bianca came in seventh grade, but still looked at Connecticut as her actual home, still looked at Hartford as her home. And this was kind of just the place that she was living. Those are parts of the podcast you just can't really predict when you're going into a conversation with someone. So thank you, Bianca. And hopefully you get to come up to Philly soon and reconnect with some of us. You can see Bianca and myself at youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. Follow the Facebook and the Instagram at We Weren't Friends in High School. There will be another podcast in two weeks on a Monday morning. I don't want to jinx them, including a really fun international extra credit episode. My fingers are crossed on that one. But regardless, I will be back in two weeks on a Monday morning with a classmate. So come back for that one. Later.